This is the Heartland Community Church Podcast, titled Citizens of Heaven, Part 3, Advance, with Eric Parks and Steve Carter. We're in Part 3 of this series called Citizens of Heaven, and um, we're really excited this morning because as we began to think about one of the values and goals that we have as a church, you often hear uh, us talk about this value of generosity and risk-taking, that we wanna be a church where we extend generosity into our community and into the world. We wanna be a place that takes big risks to see kingdom gain. And um, it wasn't but a few weeks ago that we began to roll out our vision, our plan for generosity and risk-taking as it relates to what we're calling advance. And while we're gonna cover some of the details of that, we wanted to stop for a second and just talk about this value of generosity and risk-taking as it relates to being a citizen of heaven. Yeah, and when you look through the scriptures, you see this writer named Paul. He writes most of the New Testament. He's encouraging churches and reminding them where their citizenship truly resides. And he writes to this church in Rome, Rome was the the most powerful nation of that day. To the Roman Empire, to this little church, and he's trying to give them the kingdom values, what it means to be a citizen of heaven here in Rome. In chapter 12, many of you know this, there is such beautiful, beautiful language about what true worship looks like, what being a living sacrifice is all about, how not to conform to the patterns of this world, but like have your mind, your life, your heart renewed by God. And then at the very end, Paul gives this rift on values. And I just wanna read some of them because I believe if we're actually gonna be these people who, like you said, are generous, who are risk takers, who are bold, um, these are some values that are as practical today as they were way back then. It says this in verse nine, chapter 12, love must be sincere, hate what is evil. And all evil is is just co-opted good, good that's been co-opted. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not pay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. And look what it just ends with. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And what's so amazing is that section comes right after Paul is talking about how we have been given unique spiritual gifts. And these gifts, one of them that he talks about is generosity. And he says this, and I just want to read this. We have different gifts, verse 6, chapter 12, according to the grace given to each of you. If your grace is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. But if it is giving, give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. 
And I think these are values of what it means to be a citizen of heaven. I think these values are so critical today. And I just gotta say, I've sat through a number of incredible vision talks, but a month ago, being in the chapel, watching this guy get up and really tell our church where we're going, where we're headed, how God is calling us to advance, there was something inside of me that just got lit up because I, I, I began to see a picture of what is possible, what God wants to do here at Heartland. And I literally, I came in, I think I texted you right after, but I, I was like, that was hands down uh, one of the top two vision talks I'd ever heard. And so I love when you're a citizen of heaven, grounded in God's word, but you have vision on how to live that out today. So thanks for doing that yeah, a dude. month ago. Steve, Steve didn't tell you that he's only seen three vision talks total, but still <laughs> uh, top two. You know, as we, as we get thinking about like as a church, what kind of church do we wanna be? You'll hear us say this all the time, like we wanna be a church for anybody and everybody. I covered this two weeks ago. That's straight out of Ephesians 2, right? And we wanna be a place of generosity and risk-taking, a place that truly gives not out of abundance, but out of obedience. Good. As citizens of heaven, like the Apostle Paul lays it out so clearly for us. He says, I love this, um, I was reading the New Living Translation and it said, when God's people are in need, be ready yeah. to give. For us to be ready to step in when God taps us on the shoulder and says, hey, Heartland, this is what your community needs, this is what your world needs, and be ready. And so we're excited because this morning, we're asking you to ready yourself, to get ready as a citizen of heaven to respond to what we believe this next year is gonna look like for us. A chance for us to respond to what God's doing, what he's laying out in front of us. Now, if you haven't seen the advanced talk that Steve was talking about, you can go online onto our YouTube channel and you can watch the whole talk. Uh, and it gives you a sense of what, where we've come from and, and where we're headed. But what we're gonna do this morning is we're gonna highlight three areas that we're excited to tell you about as a church that we wanna advance generosity in. Now, now we've kind of put them into three specific lanes. That's what we call them giving lanes. Projects, uh, things we wanna advance in the world, things we wanna advance in our city, and things we wanna advance right here in our home, in our house. And while we won't lay out all of the projects that we want to accomplish, um, you can do that by clicking on the URL at the bottom of the screen. You can see everything that we want to advance in 2021. We wanted to highlight in each one of these areas one specific thing that we're very excited about. And so we want to start with what we want to do in our world. And um, as you know, when we... Uh, wrapped up the series Before I Die, I talked a lot about India and our partnership, some of the work that we've gotten to do. I'm really excited that in this next season, we're gonna get to partner with an organization that you'll hear more about. Check this out. Well, Nancy, thanks for jumping on this, um, this call with us. Hey, will you just, for everybody at Heartland, introduce yourself? 
Yeah, I am Nancy, and I am the president of the U.S. office of this organization, and we're headquartered in Denver, Colorado. I get out to Chicago a lot, though, because my daughter's out there, and um, I pass uh, Rockford a lot because we drive to Wisconsin because there's, at least in the summertime, there were less restrictions there. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, um, you, do you, you, if you know this area, you know, don't come in the wintertime. Yeah, I know. Only the summer. But I have a grandchild there, so I will be coming often. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Well, I ha- I, I noticed um, you didn't mention the name of the organization, and that's intentional. Can you talk about that for a minute? Yeah, there's a lot of security issues. Um, the country is becoming more and more um, fascist in orientation and really wanting to be one religion and wanting that to be a state religion and all other religions. Uh, there's a lot of persecution. And so we're just erring on the side of caution and wanting to make sure we protect all of our uh, fellow workers on the ground. That's great. That's great. Well, you know, on that note, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about the organization um, and tell us the work that you guys have been up to over the last 22 years. Yeah, so this was started 22 years ago by a vision of God, actually, who uh, gave that vision to our founder. And the the goal is to plant 100,000 churches by 2030. And um, the first few years, they kind of worked on what that strategy would look like and what it means now. What we have are 55 training centers where 25 men or 25 women come together and they learn uh, together in a residential setting for a year and then we send them out to plant churches. And in the last 22 years, we've trained over 10,000. We have over 36,000 churches planted and um, 1.3 million baptized believers. That's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, that's unbelievable. It is I, so exciting. I, I remember when you told me this stat, it was less, uh, maybe three years, four years ago when we met, and it's still mind-blowing to me. Yeah, yeah. And it it just continues to grow. It is definitely what God cares about. Because this area of the world, it has the most amount of unreached people groups anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world, this is the most amount of unreached people groups. Meaning that these people have never even heard the name of Jesus. They believe there's 500 million who've never even heard the name of Jesus. And it also has the highest concentration of poverty anywhere in the world. So more people living at or below the poverty line than all of sub-Sahara Africa. Wow. it's the perfect crosshatch for, you know, the Good Commandment, the Great Commission. Um, this is exactly where we believe Jesus would want us to be working. Well, and when you say that, it's why I'm so excited that you all and our church, Heartland, are creating this new partnership. Um, and I'm, I really am excited. Uh, I wish we had more time to talk about everything that you see within one of these ministry centers, or as you call them, a training center. Um, but can you sort of highlight how these training centers work? What is it that Heartland will be sponsoring? Yeah, it's so exciting. So we would, as I said earlier, get 25 men or 25 women. The way they're recruited is they come from within our own churches. Maybe two or three years ago, they didn't even know there was a God named Jesus. And they have fast-tracked their way into discipleship. And then we invite them to one of the training centers. They live with 25 strangers. 
for an entire year, which is hugely, there's a lot of character development there. So our founder is pretty um, famous for saying that leaders don't fail for lack of knowledge, they fail for lack of character. So we really focus on character development, um, of course, Bible knowledge, um, church planning techniques. They learn some practical life skills. They all share in cleaning the place and doing their laundry and cooking, which also is character development. And they will practice um, and, and plant a church while they're living together. They'll plant a church while they're there. So they get like hands-on experience right from the very beginning. And then at the end of the year, we send them out. We will um, help support them just a little bit. We'll help support them for the next six years until they have planted enough churches that they can be self-supported. Wow. So tell me this. Um, you had shared this stat with me once before, but I want you to share it with um, with our church. Each one of these graduates, after a year, they're going to go out and plant a church. But over their life or over the next 10 years, how many churches will they actually plant? Yeah, they on average will plant five churches on wow. average. Yeah. Five fully functioning churches. Fully functioning churches. Absolutely. Yep. That, that's those so amazing. Those are anywhere from 40 people meeting together in a home to 250 people meeting under a bridge to 500 people meeting in a community center to 1,000 people meeting in an auditorium. Um, it looks a lot of different ways. I feel like I've seen most of them. Yes, you have. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, this is what's so exciting for us is that as a church, we're going to get to come alongside and sponsor one of these training centers um, where each year uh, 25 or so pastors will get trained up and released. I mean, that's uh, over the next 10 years, the amount of kingdom work that'll get done is unbelievable. Yes, absolutely. It's really unbelievable. So one training center in one year, it's like 1,250 people who will come to Christ in that one year through that wow. one training center. Wow. Well, we're, we're, I'm personally grateful for you, um, for what your organization has meant to me personally, but I'm so grateful that we get to partner with you. Is there any last words you'd like to say to Heartland? Um, our whole church will be watching this. Oh, absolutely. Here's the thing. I wish I could meet you guys face to face. I wish I could take you on a personal trip. Uh, but the main thing I would want to say is thank you for caring Thank you for caring for somebody outside of your own bubble. It's so easy, particularly this year, to get, you know, kind of self-focused in our own bubble. Thank you for caring for really the least of those that are really that last mile, the ends of the earth. We just so appreciate you um, and so appreciate looking forward to a, a future partnership. Yeah. I Thanks again, Nancy. Thanks for all that you do. Um, I can't wait uh, years from now to give reports and to see all that we've done together um, yeah. in uh, this part of the world. So exciting. So yeah. exciting. So thank great. you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks. Okay, bye. It's so exciting. Like I'm so excited what we're gonna get to do in the world, in India, in Rwanda and beyond. And like I said, we're gonna keep you posted every single quarter as to the progress we're making with Empar and Nancy and what we're doing in Rwanda and beyond. You know, our impact globally is going to be, I just think so God honoring and so big for us as a church, but it's not just global impact. 
we really are focused in our second giving lane to pouring back into our city. You know, when you think back 22 years ago to when Heartland was established, one of the things that was at the center of our mission was to bring help and hope to this city, to Rockford, Illinois. And I think over the last two decades, we have stepped into such massive projects to help do just that. I mean, that's why ShareFest started. How do we, as Heartlanders, pour into our home to make it everything God intended it to be? How do we bring the love of Jesus into our schools, into our workplace, and how do we do that as a church? We're gonna continue in that when we look at our home giving lane. Now, we have some really ambitious projects from mentoring programs to continuing to bring COVID rapid relief to people within our, in our church and in our community. But one of the partnerships that I think is so exciting and just fits the mold of what we've done for so many years is the renovation of Ministry Center at Providence Baptist Church. Now, over the last few months, it has been such a privilege for TJ and myself and Charmon, who heads up all of our initiatives uh, when it comes to outreach, to build a relationship with Pastor Bill Martin. Now, Pastor Bill has such a vision for his church, Providence Baptist, and as we began to have dialogue around what it looks like to partner with him, it became really clear to us that one of the things that we wanted to do was to help him advance his mission. Um, and it's really exciting. We got a chance to sit down with Pastor Martin just recently and hear his vision for his church and for the ministry center that Advance is gonna come alongside. Check this out. One of the things that I've discovered in, in ministry, both in the context of Chicago and here, is that oftentimes churches just throw out things and say, this is mm -hmm. what they need. Mm -hmm. um, but the reality is, in order to find out what they need, you really have to know what they need. You have to ask. You have to either do a census, do some type of marketing, find out what, do they, what they need. Everybody, I'm Charmaine Pittman, and I am one of the community engagement leaders at Heartland Community Church. And TJ and I, our co-pastor, co-lead pastor, have been really intentional about developing relationships within the community, the black community within Rockford, because racial reconciliation is something that is very important to us in this season, but to the in the seasons to go forward. So TJ and I have been having various different meetings in the community, and one meeting in particularly, we got a chance to meet the pastor of Providence Baptist Church, Pastor Bill Martin. And after that initial conversation that we had with him, we got a chance to really see his heart in serving his community, and we just knew that we had to partner with him, and God positioned us in each other's lives for a reason. So we're here today with Pastor Bill Martin. So what was it about Rockford, this church in Rockford, that just, that made you say, okay, God is calling me here? Uh, well, my ministry journey did not have Rockford on the map. Um, and so knowing that God, it was basically God speaking. Um, the church that I was at, um, I was there for four years. Um, and in my third year, uh, God told me that he called me to repair and not rebuild the church. I didn't know what God was saying at that time, but a year later, I came to Rockford, and I've been here ever since. 
Tell me about the like this area, like the where Providence Baptist Church sits. Tell me a little bit, just from what you do know about the like this community that you're serving. So one of the things that I discovered about Rockford is the fact that um, what they pride themselves on is the Rock River, but I also d discovered that the Rock River divides a lot. It's a lot of disparities on each side. Okay. And so in this community, I did a, a census. We did a, a, a walk around the community and discovered that this community is changing. So it's not predominantly African-American anymore, but it has a lot of Spanish-speaking Hispanics. Okay. Um, and their children are their interpreters. Okay. And so this, this community is, is a little bit dry and it's thirsty and ready um, for ministry and community engagement. What are some of the simple ways that we can help people in need, like um, just some of the things that you see in your, within the community that people need, um, like resources and so forth. What are some of the simple ways we can start like today? So one of the things that I've discovered in, in ministry, both in the context of Chicago and here, is that oftentimes churches just throw out things and say, this is what they need. Mm -hmm. um, but the reality is, in order to find out what they need, you really have to know what they need. You have to ask. You have to either do a census, do some type of marketing to find out what, do they, what they need. Uh, in the sense of today, we're in a pandemic. We know there's a need going on. We have a stalemate in Congress. Mm -hmm. um, we know that people are being laid off. We know people's rent need to be paid and, and different things like that. So we have a great opportunity to affect change even right now in, our, in this community, whether it's black, whether it's white or Hispanic. What is the vision that you have? for this church? Uh, well, when I came here, um, I discovered a nice, a nice edifice sitting right there in a nice corner of the city. Mm -hmm. um, we also own property and we have an educational building across the street that wasn't being utilized. Mm -hmm. And when I first um, became pastor, uh, God showed me that we need something for this community. When I looked around on this particular side of town, mm -hmm. there's really nothing for, uh, or no place for individuals in this community to go for help. And one of the things that I was um, really praying on is how can we um, utilize this building, not just for ministry. We have a ministry building. We have the church. But how do we have a building that's not based upon my religion or my, my race, but just a place where people can come, either it's other nonprofits, uh, either it's other you know mentorship, uh, just training, ACT, SAT prep, just something for the community where people can come and not have to go across the bridge, go across the river um, to the more prosperous side of town, but to actually have a, a place right here in their community where we're able to help them in spite of them being a member of the church. We just want them to be able to come and get resources. And to that, to that point, um, because you guys just within the church have your own like ministry center that you guys like utilize for multiple uh, spaces and opportunities. So I want you to explain to me the importance of, like you said, people may not feel comfortable coming to the building, because it's like, well, I'm not a member there. I may not even classify myself as a Christian, but I still need help. The importance of having something that's separate that people don't even know. That's, that's the same building. Like, they both ran by the same organization. However, it's presented to them in a way where it's like they don't have to come in with the, their guards up or come in like, I got to present myself a certain way in order to get help. Like, the importance of that. 
So it's very important. About 15 years ago, we uh, constructed the what we call the educational wing of the actual building, multiple classrooms, et cetera. The only problem is, is that um, just even, even our name or our denomination, Baptist, may be a deterrent for individuals in need. Um, I've been, you know, I go to different churches and just based on the fact that they may be Kojic or they may be Seventh Day Adventist or whatever, I have some hesitancy going in. So my thought of having the second building across the street, which we already have, is to utilize that, take that name off. Take that hindrance off. I, I look at it almost as the ministry of Paul and Timothy, where Timothy knew the scripture about circumcision, but he says, look, I don't want anything to hinder the message of God being you know, fulfilled. And so what Paul said was, look, let's just do this so that God can be you know, glorified. And so I look at that in the same mindset that I don't want anything to hinder anybody based on their race, based on their sex, based on uh, their gender, to hinder them from coming in. I'm not trying to beat them with the Bible. I'm trying to show love through what we're doing, through our works and bring them to Christ. And so the, it's very important that people see that building as a ministry community ministry center and not just part of this church. I'm, I'm so happy we got a chance to sit down and talk and for you to share your heart because I think um, it's it's such a blessing to know there are other people that are on the same page, like within the local community, but you don't know that if you don't sit down and have a conversation, that there are other people that want to accomplish the same thing that you want to accomplish, and that's simply being the hands and feet of Jesus in our community. So thank you for taking out the time to sit down and talk with me. Um, this is going to be, of course, many more conversations. I appreciate Because we've got a lot of work to do. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> All right, so that concludes this segment. Um, thank you all for tuning in. God bless. We love you. Isn't that amazing? That's what we're going to get to do because you're stepping in to advance. We're going to get to do some stuff globally that I think is so exciting. We're going to be focused on things in our city. And then our last giving lane is in our home, like here. Things that we have to do things that we know we have to lay our hands to. You can look at the giving document, the one that is listed at the bottom of your screen again, and you can see all the things that we need to do here in our home, including fix a roof, which is totally boring, to advance uh, a lot of our digital strategy, which we've learned in COVID is absolutely important. But one of the things that you notice is talent acquisition. You say, what does that mean? Well, it's been interesting to me to watch what God has been up to the, the truth is, the team here at Heartland, the men and women that are given the best hours of their day to this mission, to advance Jesus' name, to create a church for anybody and everyone, th these are some of the most talented people that I've worked with. We have people who have been a part of this thing for a long time, and then we have people who are leaning in for the first time, new people who are saying, hey, I see what's happening there at Rockford, in Rockford at Heartland, and I wanna be a part of it. And I wanna give you just a sneak peek into what's happening with some of, of these talented people who are bringing their best abilities to this thing. In fact, I want you to know, you'll be the first to know, that you know, we have, from the very beginning, been about transformational worship, right? That's always been at the heart of Heartland, and we continue to expand that with something brand new. We're calling it Four City Worship. Now I know, I know, you're going, now what in the world is Forest City Worship? Look, the reality is, as we began to think about transformational worship and what it meant, we began to realize that the talent and the people that are coming around this thing, as we've been in COVID, 
It's more than just a movement for Rockford. We believe that God is beginning to give us a platform for worship, transformational worship, for an entire generation. And as we began to think about what we should call this thing, there were lots of heartlands, but there aren't many, or at all, Forest City worships. Now, we like Forest City because I think it represents our whole city, all of Rockford. And if you remember back, Steve Carter, one of the, I think, first talks in COVID, he talked about the Redwood Forest. It was so impactful to us as a church that we did a one-week project called Project Redwood. Again, this was right at the beginning of COVID. As we started thinking about this worship movement that's happening through these folks that are just leaning in, that we've been cooking downstairs in the basement of Heartland, this idea of Forest City, planting a seed and watching something spring up in a generation, it just resonated with all of us. And so I'm so excited to let you be the first to know that we're launching a brand new worship movement called Forest City Worship. And I want you to hear from Gabe and from Carrington a little bit of their vision. And then stay on. I want you to experience a little bit of what Forest City Worship is and will be. I have worked a lot of years coming up with a plan, working the plan, and then going, hey, God, would you bless the plan? Like, would you do that? That'd be super awesome if you would. I feel like my whole life has been like paddling upstream, struggling and striving and trying so hard to get somewhere only to realize I've literally exerted 10 years of energy and moved five feet. Right? And if I just reposition the boat like 180 degrees, you don't have to do anything. You just like go. So like that's what I feel like Forest City Worship is about is nothing. And yet everything. But only if that's what God wants. Like what does he want us to do? Where does he want to take us? Forest City Worship is a group of people that love God and love to worship. And we're probably just tired of doing the same old thing or sounding like everything else, not trying to chase a sound, not trying to, you know, recreate something, but literally just saying like, hey, God, whatever you want to do, however you want this to sound, however you want this to look, hey, we're here for it. Our hands are open. You know, people from Atlanta, people... Um, you know, from Nashville, people from here, people from Chicago. I think we can all sense that there's something brewing and um, none of us really know what it is exactly, but that's, that's okay because we know that God's in it. I love that line, even in the waiting, God is faithful. God is so faithful. And I think we've all felt this season of waiting called COVID or 2020. And I remember going on this hike and I felt like God just whispered to me, 
don't waste the weight. Hmm. Win the weight. That's good. And I just remember writing that down in my journal and just going, man, how are we going to win the weight? And that's what I actually believe that this opportunity that the church now has Mm -hmm. is to win the weight, Mm -hmm. to advance. And I think of that verse that you read, that we need to be ready. Ready, yeah. Ready to give. Ready when the Lord whispers, the Lord prompts, and God has whispered ways that we can literally bring hope and life and Christ to the world, to the city that we love, and to this house called Heartland. And I'm excited. I hope that your heart has been stirred and moved. I hope your heart is ready to actually move to really bless as Romans 12 teaches us to be a blessing to all. Hmm. You know, this is what I know. Our best days, they're ahead of us. Heartland, this season has been a season of waiting, no doubt. But I'm absolutely convinced our best days, they're ahead of us. Like God is opening up so many doors for us to walk through. And we're just asking you, will you just go with us? Will you join us in this thing? Will you help us advance his kingdom in the world, here in our city? Will you help us do this? And here's what we're asking you to do, to step in financially and help, like to be generous, to ready ourselves and to step in and be generous. But here's how it works. You can go to the URL below and what we're asking is that for all of us to prayerfully consider helping us advance these initiatives in 2021. Now we're looking to raise $1 million. And that $1 million, you can see exactly where it's gonna go in 2021 by downloading that document. But if you're willing to step in, you can go to the URL at the bottom of the screen and you can do two things. You can either hit the give button and you can give right now and 100% of everything you're gonna give is gonna help us advance this specific uh, initiative, all of it. Or you can pledge for 2021. Now, we're not gonna talk about this again, actually. So we're just gonna put this in your hands to prayerfully consider with you and your spouse what your role will be in helping us advance God's kingdom in this next season. We definitely need your help, and we want you to join with us in this, but we also know this, like we want you to prayerfully consider it and then leave it at that, whatever that looks like for you and your family. Listen, we know that God wants to do major things in Rockford and the world beyond, and he wants to use you to do it. So we're asking you to join us, to join us in this. Let me pray as we close our service for all that God's up to. God, we pray that you will speak clearly to each one of us as to what you would have us do to help in this initiative and help advance your kingdom in 2021. This is what we pray, Lord, that you would give us clarity God, that you would continue to move in front of us and that we would be absolutely sensitive to what you would ask us to do. And God, this is what we promise you as leaders of this place, that all glory, all fame, and all of this, this is for you, all glory goes to you. So God, 
I'm grateful for all my brothers and sisters that are watching. I ask you to uh, continue to bless them and their families. And um, we're grateful for all that you're doing, even the things we can't see. We're grateful. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to part three of the Citizens of Heaven series, Advance, with Eric Parks and Steve Carter. You can experience the entire service this Advance message came from by going to heartland.cc and clicking on the watch page. Or go to our YouTube channel at Heartland CC Rockford. You can also watch it on the Heartland CC app. Thanks for listening.